This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Couvert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Uh, open your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Thanksgiving is next week, and so I thought it would be good to look at a couple of verses about Thanksgiving. Now, there are so many that I could have chosen. I could have just stayed in the Psalms, and we're not even going to go there. I could have just stayed in the Psalms for, for the whole evening tonight and been going still tomorrow morning with the passages in there about Thanksgiving. But I've got a couple that I want to look at because uh, there are times when we just don't feel thankful. There are times we don't want to be thankful. There are times when things just seem like they're falling to pieces and, and say, what do I got to be thankful for? And I'd like to take a look at that because we have an awful lot to be thankful for, no matter what we're going through. And uh, I know some of you have gone through some hard times, probably having some, some difficult times now. I have, uh, most of us have. Even even young whippersnappers like the pastors had his hard times too, you know, and stuff like that and things. So, so I just thought it would be good to take a look at a few things about Thanksgiving. And in Philippians chapter... Um, chapter 4 was one of my favorite passages, although I'm kind of like the pastor, whatever one I'm reading now is my favorite, <laughs> you know. But, but in verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all, all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on the, these things. Uh, this is a passage of scripture that's helped us and my family. It's helped my wife one time when we were in France. She really needed something like this to... to to help her, and it's helped us a lot. And, and I'd just like to take a look at this passage uh, and pick out some points from it that I think are important for all of us. First thing it says, it says, be careful for nothing. Now that's an unusual way, isn't it, to say, don't worry. But there's a reason why it's said that way. Have you ever thought about that, where, that word careful? It's talking about being full of care. We should not be concerned about, uh, about the things that are going on in our lives other than what we can do. I've learned in my life that, uh, that I look at something that comes up, and if there's something I can do about it, I'm going to do it. If there's nothing I can do about it, I'm not going to be full of care about it because it, I, there's nothing I can do. I, I do worry sometimes, but for the most part, you can ask my wife, I don't. It just, I shrug my shoulders and say, we go on. I, when I was pastoring out in Washington State, I used to tell my people, there's a, there's a physical exercise you need to learn. And it's, <laughs> you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Leave it in God's hands. And he's quite capable. So we're to be Amen. full of care for nothing. And why is that so? Because we have God's promise in Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. And so we don't need to worry. Uh, the political situation in this country, I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on, the political situation in this country today is horrible. I mean, people are hating each other. 
Used to be Republicans and Democrats could get along. They can't anymore. And thinks, but you know something? I can't do anything about it except be friendly to both sides myself. So I leave it in the hands of God. And I know who's in charge. Amen. And it's not the politicians. And our hope's not in the politicians. Our hope is in Christ. Amen. So I don't need to worry about it. And I think these things are things to rejoice about, as a matter of fact, and I'll tell you why. I think it means Christ's return is soon. And I think everyone in this room may be still living and go up in the rapture. Amen. Now, it may not be. Paul thought that in his day at first. Then he finally learned it wasn't going to be, I think, because his, his the way of talking about it changed a bit. But uh, uh, they thought in the year 1,000. Well, this is 1,000 years, boy. The return of Christ is going to be... And it wasn't. They thought the same thing in the year 2000. And uh, I don't know when it's going to be, but I believe it's soon. And I think the things we see just should be an encouragement to us, even though we don't like to see them. I mean, we love our country. We don't like to see it going through what it's going through. But uh, uh, I I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but there have been some things on Facebook, and I've responded because they say, how can this happen? I I say, it's real simple. It's in Romans chapter 1. If you read, it starts about 25, and it's talking about God has given them over to a reprobate mind. And they can't make a decision that's correct. They don't have any way of doing it. But anyway, but we're to pray. Now, prayer, I don't know if you thought about it this way, but prayer implies, as a matter of fact, the word that translated prayer here really strongly implies a worshipful attitude. And worship is, is means to be bowed down before. Now we don't. It's not talking about necessarily a physical bowing down, but that's fine too. But it's talking about a spiritual bowing down before our Lord and Master. I hear people say, and the Bible says it too, that Jesus is our friend. But I'm going to tell you somebody. He's not our buddy. He's our friend. He's there for us when we need him. He he enjoys fellowship with us. But he's not somebody we go out and party with. He is the Lord God of heaven. And we need to understand that. But So there's a worshipful, worshipful attitude included in this whole idea of prayer. And we need to keep that in our attitude when we pray. Our pastor has just finished up a series on prayer in our church. And it's been one of the most helpful things to me that I've, that I've gotten since I've been going to this church. And I'm going to tell you something. I get a lot of helpful stuff. <laughs> okay? So, so it really was helpful. And then it talks about uh, supplication. Well, supplication has to do with doing it earnestly. And over uh, over in in James, it talks about effectual fervent prayer availeth much. And it's talking about there being some fervency to it. But it also, supplication, comes from two words. And they both mean to bend. So supplication also has the idea of being bent down under the load that we're carrying, that we're bringing to God and asking him to lift. But then it says, with thanksgiving. That's talking about having a heart full of gratitude for all that God has done for us. And I don't care who we are. Even a lost person who may possibly be here should be thankful to God for all the things that he's done for them. Doesn't the, the sun and the rain come on the just and the unjust and things like this? He's done for us. He's given us breath. He's given us opportunity to, to know him and, and all that. But, he, but those of us that are saved, boy, he's done so much for us. And, and so, uh, so there's plenty of reasons to be thankful. It gives us a peace that the world can't understand. Years ago, 
I was working as a bank courier in Denver, and it wasn't the guys that carried the big guns and the armored cars. It, we just picked up non-negotiable documents that had to get down to the Federal Reserve. And, and that, so it wasn't that kind of courier, but I was a courier. We drove our own vehicles. Uh, I had a, a Chevy S10 pickup truck that I drove, and uh, one day I was sitting on the tail gate of my truck at lunchtime, finishing up my lunch, and, and a guy walks up to me and he says, why are you so faithful to God uh, the way he treats you? And I shook my head and I, I said, Mike, what are you talking about? And uh, he said, well, your truck's always breaking down and you're always tight financially and stuff like that. I said, yeah, I've always got what I need. And when my truck breaks down, my baby brother's the boss and I get to drive his truck. But they don't understand how we can have a good attitude. And by the way, folks, your best testimony is when you're going through trials. That's, right. That's when people see if you really believe what you tell them you believe. That in any circumstance, we can have peace because we know God is in control. That doesn't mean we don't suffer. That doesn't mean we don't have pain because we do. And emotional pain and physical pain and all these other things. But we can have peace because we know who's in control. We know whose hand we're in. We know, we know who, who's taking care of us. And he did say he would never leave us nor forsake us. Did he not? But this peace comes because we know God's love and God's grace. We've experienced it, especially most of us in this room, over and over again in our lives. And we've seen so many times when God has blessed us. And the world just can't understand it. And so, so it's important. But now, when we come to these difficult times, when we come to the things where we're oppressed by the problems we have, it's hard to have the right attitude. But this passage tells us how. It tells us that we do it by controlling our thoughts. My pastor, when I was growing up spiritually, used to say this. He said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you don't have to let them build a nest in your hair. The thoughts will come, but we don't have to let them stay. And, and if we'll do what it says here, it talks about the things we should think on. It says, think on things that are honest. That's honest according to God's word. That's lot, things that line up with God's word. Uh, it's only the things also, that word carries the idea of only those things that merit our thinking. There are things, you know, when you can't change something, there's no reason to think about it and dwell on it. There's no reason to. Uh, uh, so uh, just the right things. Then it says whatsoever things are just. Well, just is that same Greek word is also translated righteous. And so it's things that are right, right according to the word of God. Sometimes they may not be specifically spelled out in the word of God, but they're still right. You know, I mean, uh, uh, so it's doing what's right and thinking about those things that are right and correct. So we're thinking about God's precepts and doing them. Things that are pure. Don't think on things that pollute our minds. Uh, years ago, I was asked at a men's retreat to preach on men, how to keep your minds pure. And believe me, in this world today, there are so many things that attack a man's thoughts and, and make them impure. And I'm going to tell you how you do it. You fill it with this. Fill it with the Word of God. You think on things that are pure, God's Word. And, and it's, it's really, you know, really living a Christian life is not that difficult. It's just that our flesh doesn't want us to do it. <laughs> but it's, it's really not that difficult to do. It's not hard to understand the Word of God. Things that are lovely, uh, that's things that promote love one for another. 
That's things that, that, that make us lovely towards others and others lovely towards us. And, and here's the thing. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have faults. And so we can look at somebody and we can dwell on their faults. Or we can look at somebody and say, yeah, they've got this fault. But boy, can they make a nice peach cobbler. <laughs> you know, I'm just being a little facetious there. But everybody also has their, their benefits and their good points. And if we focus on the lovely things, the good points, it will help us to have better relationships with other people. Now, uh, sometimes people's faults get on one another. I mean, uh, uh, I know this. Pastor was teaching on the responsibilities of, of, of husbands or of men and of women. And I'm going to tell you something. In marriage, sometimes your spouse gets on your nerves. But sometimes you get on your spouse's nerves. And, and, and you don't dwell on those things. The way that you have a happy and long marriage is you, you love each other enough to put those things aside and, and, and think on the lovely things. I mean, I'll tell you, for the last six months to a year, I don't know why God's put this on my heart more than before. I've always appreciated my wife. But boy, the last six months to a year, have I just been bursting forth with thanksgiving to God for the wife that he's given me. I mean, I've drugged this poor young lady all over the world for 57 years. She's put up with it, and she's supported me, and she's been a good wife. And there are things that, uh, that uh, she doesn't like to do, but she does them for me because she knows they please me. Uh, one of them that I really appreciate right now is she's baking me every week. She makes a big loaf of sourdough bread and I don't have to eat that store-bought junk you know it's a lot of work for her and I was surprised she did it today's the day that it goes in the oven and so we had that for lunch today the fresh bread but uh, her shoulders bothering her and she really slaps that stuff around when she's kneading it because you have to or it's not going to rise right and uh, uh, she does that for me those are the things I think about I don't think about the times when she gets on my nerves. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. Things that put things in the best light. You know, don't go gossiping about people and thinking about those types of things. Think about those things that give a good report. If somebody asks you about somebody, talk about the good that's in them. Think about that kind of thing. Think about, about the things that are of, of good report. If there be any virtue. Now that word virtue means any real value to it. Is there anything that's really valuable in what you're thinking about? You know, a lot of things, as I said earlier, are just not worth thinking about. Don't waste your time on them. And if there be any praise. Praise uh, is that which lifts up. Uh, of course, the most important praise is our praise to God. But praise to our spouse. Praise to our neighbor. Praise, uh, praise to our friends, whoever it is, say good things about them, lift them up, and don't tear people down. And, and, and if we do those things, if we do those things, if we think on these things, we won't have any problem having a good attitude and being grateful for all that's happened in our lives. Grateful to God, first of all, but grateful to those around us also. And I, I remember growing up, there was a, a guy in this one house, Oh, halfway up the block from us or something. And us kids were scared to death of that guy. I finally found out he's really a pretty nice guy. You see? 
but you have to get to know people and you have to not be putting them down all the time. It turned out he was really a pretty nice guy. So, next thing I want to look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and this is, I want to look at why we should be thankful. And in, in verses 14 and 15 it says, Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up, up us also by Jesus, and we shall uh, and shall present us with you. Uh, for all things are for your sakes, that uh, the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound, uh, redound uh, to the glory of God. Now that word redound, I had never bothered to look that up before. Uh, I don't know, maybe I kept reading it rebound instead of redound, but it's got a D, it's not a B. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the first reason that we should be thankful is because we have God's promise of a resurrection to glory. Amen. Well, that's something fantastic. I mean, do you realize that every single person ever born on the face of this earth, with one exception, the Lord Jesus Christ, is, was born deserving hell? And, he has chosen that if we will just trust him for our salvation, that means don't trust it anything else, don't add anything to it, it's the work he did on the cross, it's his shed blood, etc. If we just trust that, he'll let us be forever in glory with him. Amen. And I can't think of much better reason to be thankful than that. I really can't. And so, so uh, uh, we have his promise for that. We have his abundant grace. I mean, none of us would be sitting here if it wasn't for God's grace. I look back over my life. I mean, if I had taken a half a step further when I was nine years old, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. Because I was walking a tightrope that wasn't tight. Had it been tight, I would not have fallen. But it wasn't tight and it swayed. And when I fell, we hadn't cleaned up real well underneath it. And there was I'm guessing it was probably a 4x4 four four down there with a spike about this long, about as big as my finger sticking out of it. And it was right here when I fell. A half a step further, I wouldn't be talking to you. That's God's grace. And I wouldn't Amen. even say it. And God was gracious enough. I didn't grow up in church. God was gracious enough that when we left Montana and went back to California, he put us across the street from a Christian family. And that Christian family had boys just exactly the right ages for the boys in my family. Mm -hmm. My sisters, didn't, they didn't have any girls, so that wasn't there. But, but they, had, they had a boy my age who was my best friend throughout junior high and high school. They had a boy my brother next under me's age who was his best friend, although he was a little meaner <laughs> and stuff. And I could tell you some stories on that, but I won't. And then they had some younger brothers that were the same age as my baby brother. My baby brother, I said that, he's nine years younger than I am. And we started going to church with him. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be saved today. You see? That's God's grace. He put us in that house. It was We were only there for a short time, but it was long enough to get to know the Abbott family and, and, and that I've been trying to locate them. I've lost contact with them and I can't. But uh, uh, you just try and look up Richard Abbott in anything that you're searching for and there's four million of them. So it's hard to find him. He disappears. He was a sheriff in Idaho, and he disappears. I know people that are in the sheriff's organizations and stuff, and they've done their research and gone in, and everybody loses him. And it's 
about 1972 or something like that, I can't remember the exact year, in Idaho. They don't show any death. He just vanished off the face of this earth. I don't know what happened, so I can't find it because I'd like to thank him. But at any rate, uh, and, and here's another thing that we don't often think about, is that our thanksgiving redounds. Now, what does that mean? It means it results in bringing glory to God. When we are thankful, when we have a thankful attitude, and the, the lost world sees that, it points to God. When our Christian brothers and sisters see that, it encourages them. The, the oldest member of our church, Miss Jeannie, she's 87, 88, just turned 88 years old, and she, uh, fortunately, she's still able to live pretty much on her own, but, uh, but uh, she's got a lot of aches and pains. She comes to church, she never talks about it. You see her, she walks, you know, like this, but she never talks about it, and she doesn't do that to show. She does it because it hurts. Or she walks with her walker so she can lean on it. I mean, it's a rolling type, like you know, like the one uh, Regina's got back there, or something like that. And they and they walk to that. But she's always got a smile on her face. I'll see there, I'll see her sitting there, and her face might be a little bit long. I'll just look up, walk up, and say, "Hello, Miss Jeannie," and she says, smiles up, and she just is perky and everything. You know, that's an encouragement to me. We've got another uh, man in the church. Uh, he's not able to be in church right now, and uh, he's uh, had. You know, he has to talk with one of those funny machines because he's lost his larynx and stuff like this, and he's got back problems and, and more cancer problems and stuff like this. But when he's in church, he's just a joy to be around. Amen. And, and those are the kind of people that encourage other people, and we should all strive to be that kind of people because it brings glory to God. Amen. And, and so, so that's a reason to be thankful. We're rooted and built up in him. If we've re received Christ... We're supposed to walk in him. Now, what does that mean? That means we take his principles from the word of God and we walk according to those principles. We live according to those principles. It's not easy and it's getting harder and harder as this world gets more and more corrupt. But that's what's expected to us. And we're to walk according to his precepts. But we're rooted in him. That means I use the word foundation here in my notes. But it really doesn't describe what I'm trying to, to say there, except it is he is our foundation. But if we're rooted in him, that means he keeps us stable, keeps us from moving, stand, uh, be unmovable, uh, uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And, and, and so it's, it's important that we understand that, that we're rooted in him so he gives us what we need to stay in tra on track, to stay in our place, stay where we belong. Uh, we're built up in him. You know, he gives us strength. Doesn't the Bible say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me? Amen. Now, folks... That's not a stupid thing, which means I can flap my arms and fly. That's not what it means, okay? And I think you can understand that. But it means that anything that, that, that God gives me to do or that I need to do in this world that's humanly doable, I can do because I have his strength. Amen. And sometimes it makes me so mad because I don't do things. I say I can't do them because I don't rely on his strength. We are established in the faith. When's the last time you were, used that word established? We just don't use it. We might say established, but uh, uh, it's not quite exactly the same meaning, but it's close enough. We'll stick with that for tonight. But it means to confirm or to be established or to be made sure. Now, we're made sure in the faith. Whenever you see that expression in your Bible, the faith, it's not talking about your faith towards things. It's talking about the things we believe 
that are found in God's word. The faith are the principles of God laid out in his word. And uh, uh, we're established or we're made firm in those things. And the more time we spend meditating on it, I'm going to tell you something, okay? We are blessed people because we can read our Bibles every day. They couldn't in the first century. They couldn't go down to the Bible bookstore and buy a Bible. But we can. And most of us have more than one. I've got about 30. Now, some of them are versions I wouldn't recommend, but I have them for research purposes. But, but I have more than 30 Bibles. So we're a blessed people. We can read our Bibles every day. But you know the Bible never tells us to read our Bibles every day? We're fools, I think, if we don't, but it doesn't tell us that. But I'll tell you what it does tell us to do every day. And you have to read it first before you can do this, or at least hear it preached. And that's to meditate on it day and night. What does it mean to meditate? It means to chew it over in your mind. It's like a cow that ruminates, you know, it goes and eats some grass and it chews it up and it swallows it and goes and finds later on, finds a nice comfortable spot in the shade and pops up that, uh, uh, that grass and chews it over some more. Well, we read or listen to the preaching of the Word of God and we kind of swallow it and we say, well, that was good. And we go and then when we have a slack moment, we bring it back up and we say, now, how does that affect me? How does that work in my life? What should I be doing? And kind of that. And we keep doing that over and over and sooner or later it becomes us. Amen. Or maybe we become it. That would be a better way of putting it. But it becomes the natural way that we think in our lives. So, so uh, we're established in the faith. And uh, we've been taught the precepts of God. We're taught in three major ways, through the preaching of the Word, uh, through uh, our personal study of the Word, and through, well, this is probably my favorite pastime of all pastimes on this earth. I enjoy playing my banjo. I enjoy doing lots of things. I enjoy watching a good football game, although I don't do it much anymore, uh, and stuff like this. But my favorite, most passionate thing that I love doing more than anything is sitting around with other people talking about the Word of God. Iron sharpeneth iron. And we talk and we we refine our thoughts by listening to others and things like this. And this is how uh, we're taught the Word of God and this this is how we are established or made firm and fixed in the things of God is by doing those things. We should abound in the practice of God's precepts. And we cannot do that if we don't know them. So that's why it's so important that we spend time in, our, in the Word of God. I'd like to conclude, I've got a couple more verses I'm going to read here, but I'd like to conclude uh, with just a few thoughts here. It says, when we honestly think of all that God has done for us, how can we not be thankful? Amen. He never promised to keep us out of trials. He did promise to go with them through, go with us through trials. Listen to this uh, verse out of these two, or actually four verses out of James. It says, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse uh, temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But, patient, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, that wanting doesn't mean desiring nothing. It means lacking nothing. That's the way the word is used in, in this, and actually often in the Bible, when it talks about wanting, it's talking about lacking something. And that, uh, so it talks about letting um, patience have a perfect work. Well, how does it do that? 
this is another one here, and I go across pages, so I'll have to move things here. Uh, it says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Well, that's a difficult one. Also, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Okay? If you want to know what patience perfect work is, it's faith. Hope. It's faith. The way our faith is strengthened is by being patient through the trials that God sends our way and watching God work out in our lives things for our best, even when we thought they were going to pot. Our faith is strengthened that way, and faith is like a muscle. If you don't use it, it gets weak. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. We need to remember that God allows us to go through trials in our lives for three reasons, basically. To correct us, to strengthen us, and to give us a testimony that can help other people. So there are a lot of reasons why we should be thankful at this Thanksgiving time. You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Baptist heritage, and the family. To find out more, go to our website, solidfoundationministries.com, or call 828-244-6505. Remember, the Christian life is not about you. It's about God receiving the glory.